What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with me and my dad where we talk about the Utah Jazz. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad. The NBA season has started. We're uh, doing this podcast on Thursday night, the 20th, just about 11 o'clock in the East. The final team that does has not played is playing now. The Clippers are playing the Lakers. And after that game, every team will have played one NBA game to start the 2022-2023 season. And it has been a crazy fun start to the season with teams winning that shouldn't have won and teams that have lost that shouldn't have lost. So a lot of fun. Spencer, any first thoughts, uh, whether we walk through the Jazz or we talk about Zion Williamson and the Pelicans going into Brooklyn and dismantling the Brooklyn Nets or the Lakers who are playing their second game and are down by three against the Clippers at home in LA. But I guess that's a home game for both teams. Yeah. And 76ers have lost their first two games, right? Yeah. The 76ers are on two. They lost opening night to the Boston Celtics. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think both scoring 35, both scoring 35 points. So the Celtics are in NBA finals form, the same as the Golden State Warriors who beat the Lakers on opening night. And then the 76ers came back tonight, went home to Philly and um, they got beat tonight by the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in, in Philadelphia. So they're 0-2. But there is one team that is 1-0. Yeah, with an amazing game. I I try not to be as biased as I can, but I think this was probably the most exciting game around the league, mainly because the Jazz were a big underdog, not only from a fan's perspective who has dissected it, the team, but also because the Nuggets are in finals talk this year as they have assembled their team to full strength almost with Jamal Murray coming back and with the two-time MVP returning so it was uh, it was a almost shocking in a way to see the Jazz come out and be dominant in a way. It, it looked like they were just a team that had it figured out. And so my biggest takeaway is that we have players that want to play for us and they're going to run up and down the court fast each time they are every time they're on the court and they're eager to score. They're eager to play defense. And they're eager to just be a good basketball team. I Something that we haven't really seen much with the end of the Donovan, uh, even, I guess, Gobert era, where they didn't seem as eager to be getting the the win as much as these new new players are, are for the Jazz. Yeah, great analogy. What a great game. The Jazz winning their opening game against the Denver Nuggets. Um, a final score... Uh, was 123. This is a shocking score. Yeah. 123 to 102. And they were actually up by 22 points at halftime, which was one of the better halves that a Utah Jazz team has played for a long time. Now, here's the reality. The Jazz team of the last four or five years has had a lot of expectations. Right. Um, a superstar in Donovan Mitchell, a defensive player of the year in the Rudy Gobert, a sharpshooter in Joe Ingles or Boyan Bogdanovich, a, a crafty veteran in um, uh, uh, um, a crafty veteran in Jordan Clarkson, and and just a team that that you know was expected to win. Then we go in the last night, and a team that 
who knows? You, we could go Owen 82. <laughs> and some of the Twitter afterwards was, you know, hashtag tank note, not tanking. Some of it yeah. was, all right, I'll let you go one and 81. Yeah. Um, and just a, a, a real exciting night. The interesting thing about last night, and I want to get your take on this, and you said it, this is a team that wants to play. It wasn't just one player. It seemed like all 10 players that got considerable time last night all hustled from um, the spark plug in Jared Vanderbilt to Colin Sexton, who played with reckless abandon and just, you know, helped win that game down the stretch um, to Lori Markinen looking smooth to Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley doing what they do. A surprise that we could talk 10 minutes about is Rudy Gay going six for eight and scoring 16 points and hitting clutch threes. Um, but we we talked about this last year, Spencer, e either on the podcast or off the podcast. Who was the dog? Who was the fighter? Who was the scrapper? And there really wasn't that feel last year or the year before last, you know, two, three years running. I think we had like 10 dogs last night. I know it, it seemed like they were all, like I said, eager and they, they wanted to, and I guess they kind of fed off with the energy of the, the, the crowd. It looked like the stadium was about to explode. Everybody was just on their feet the whole game. And that was something that you can tell these young players, some rookies like Kessler who, um, who are getting a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be in the NBA. And that was electrifying for the players to kind of, um, have their own personal mentality to to play hard. And I think that they were also interested in the win. I do want to note that Markinen's defense on Jokic was actually very good. He kind of got up in him and, and made him a little bit frustrated, which hurt his his production. So that was that was key. But he also was able to prevent passes to Jokic as Jokic was in the paint or was backing him down. And and I like that a lot about Markinen is that he would not only defend well, and then you would see him sprinting down the court to get back on offense quickly. And that, that's big for us. And, and it's interesting, too, because we didn't really have too much of this over the past couple of years. But when someone as tall as Markinen, who's about seven feet, can go up and get a rebound and then immediately put the ball on the floor and start dribbling, that's something that we're not used to, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, good call on that. Usually Rudy would get a rebound and hold on to it, and you'd hope he'd hold on to it, and he'd wait for – a guard to come and get it, but we have versatile players that can grab a rebound and get up the floor. I'm going to go back to one player that if I had to give a game ball to a player, I actually hear the players gave the game ball to Will Hardy as first win as an NBA coach, which is pretty cool. Jared Vanderbilt for about a 10 minute stretch was amazing. He grabbed 12 rebounds, a lot of hustle, good defense, and showed us why he was uh, a, a trade piece that we wanted from Minnesota. So a shout out to Jared Vanderbilt got in foul trouble early in the second half. And I actually think that hurt us and it made the nuggets come back. I think they got within seven at one point felt like they were right on our heels and yeah, a sign of a, of a, of a good team that is possibly a great team is you can hold off a great team like the nuggets. And we did, and we're not even a good team or a great team supposedly. Um, but I could go down the lineup. You're right. We have these bigs that can turn around and dribble from Kelly Olynyk, and 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 let's be honest. And and our brother Sam just sent us this note that he was part of history last night, and 
you question, well, what history? And meaning Sam went to the game and, uh, and, and you said, what history? And he said, Kessler, Walker Kessler became the first player to shoot 100%. He made all of his shots. Let me just look really quick. So he's five for five and with a double-double in their first NBA game. So Kessler had 12 points and 10 rebounds. And listen, first game, no one will ever take the place of Rudy Gobert. But I remember watching Gobert early on in his career. He could barely, bless him, could barely catch the ball, couldn't really move with the ball. He worked so hard to get where he is. And Kessler did a reverse layup last night where you go, whoa. And this kid is still going to be growing. So, man, I don't know about this team. It certainly gives you uh, unbridled hope that maybe this team's really good. Yeah, it's a 180 from last year where we were at least we were able to close a game. I feel like at the end of, or throughout the seasons with Mitchell and Gobert, that was a kryptonite was just closing games. We'd always blow big leads going into the fourth quarter. So that was interesting. And I liked um, seeing Markin and shoot threes. He, that was good to see a big shooting threes. That's kind of where the league's going. And it felt good that we were part of that. And it was a complete 180 from um, what – Quinn had, was working with where you'd have to have Gobert down low and, and there wasn't really too much of a open court like it was um, last night. So it, it's it's good to, to see. I, and I go back to the same question I've asked you before in a podcast. And I know it was the first game, and so some teams might not be used to it, used to, used to playing. But was this a game where the Nuggets just fell asleep on us thinking they would roll over us and get an easy first win or was it a game where we were actually able to play hard? I know we scored 125 points. Was that because the Nuggets were sleeping? Or was that because we have the skills to do it? Well, um, it's a great question. We played well. Listen, before I leave the Jazz and now go to the Nuggets really quick, we shot 42% from three. (laughs) We were a team built to shoot the three the last three to five years. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, we're not going to do very well. We shot 42% from three and uh, we shot 50% overall. And uh, another thing about the Jazz, it, it's easy for me to pick on things and look back with 2020 vision, but Mitchell used to methodically bring the ball up. And by the time he got across the timeline, you're in 16 seconds, 15 seconds, 14 seconds. And then you got to go and run a play. Last night, Will Hardy had those guys into their sets at the 22nd mark of the shot clock. And I think that made a difference. When you talk about the Denver Nuggets, were they sleeping? They're also assimilating, if that's the right word. They're placing pieces back into their team. They're going to be really good. Let's be clear. Michael Porter Jr. only played, I think, nine games last year. So he's working his way back into NBA play. Jamal Murray, we know, didn't play at all last year and hadn't played for uh, a season and a half. Bruce Brown is a new acquisition that they have. DeAndre Jordan's a new acquisition. Um, So Contavious Caldwell-Pope, new acquisition. I think we caught a team that thought, yeah, we can win this game, similar to what you just said, but also a team that is going to try to find themselves as well. So they're going to be good when everything starts clicking and Jokic is just amazing down the stretch. Sexton got under his skin a little bit and that was kind of fun to see. So combination of both, we played really well, a lot of spirit, a lot of energy at home crowd behind us. But I think that it's going to take a little bit of time until Denver starts to really gel. And when they do look out, I think they're going to be a really good team. 
Yeah, well, we got to enjoy tonight that or last night. I think scoring 123 points might not be an every night situation, but we'll take it. And and I love that this was the first game of the season for us because it's going to be a fun team. Like I said, it's cool, and this is different than it was last year, where a big like Markinen can get a rebound, and instead of looking for Mitchell or Conley or Clarkson, can use that two to three seconds that it would take to get them the ball and just start going. And that kind of showed that we have a team that's going to run up and down the court. They're pretty athletic and we're not going to have to find a point guard and hope they run a play that's going to produce a shot. I just feel like with Mark and him able to dribble, he can just make things happen and just kind of run the ball into almost organized chaos and, and have players ready to, to pull the trigger when, when he brings it down the court, if yeah. he, secures the rebound it's gonna be fun i think you're right i think it's gonna be fun to see different fate different different things that we haven't seen for a while but man you can the, the 10 guys that got time last night i'm actually excited to see all 10 of them develop and um i haven't heard ryan smith say we're not tanking i haven't heard danny Ainge say we're not tanking right. meaning we're not trying but i also haven't but i but i have heard them say we're going to play with passion we're going to play with fire I, I don't know how you can lose and hope for the number the number one draft pick I, I think we try to see what this team can really do I do still think that Mike Conley and um, Jordan Clarkson and Rudy Gay become some trade bait come February so let's right. just see how this all goes but they they closed the game last night with Conley and Sexton on the floor at the same time. The small guard lineup that we said didn't work with Donovan and Conley did work last night with Sexton. And the difference was Sexton really wanted it. And it makes me feel bad because I thought, where was Donovan's excitement? He was burnt out. Last I think, I think yeah. he was burnt out, unfortunately. I think he's still a good player. And we could talk about his performance in Cleveland where they lost. Um the other night as well but I do feel like Mitchell was maybe just not he just wasn't as eager as some of these new players are to make an impact on our team but also in the league if that makes yeah. sense it was for the first couple seasons when we had some good runs and made the playoffs yeah but um well, we'll, it, it was a crazy it was a crazy start to the season for everyone we can jump around yeah, let's uh I, I want to do this let's let's do this Spence let's talk about um X jazz man for a minute uh, let's go to Brooklyn. Royce O'Neal played 34 minutes for the Nets in a loss, which we mentioned at the top of this podcast, to the Pelicans. He um, went four for seven from the field. Not bad. Uh, and he had 10 points. But his plus minus was a minus 27, oh. the worst on the team. Uh, now, listen, that part most of that is because of lineups that you're in. Uh, it's not a one-man thing, but he clearly – didn't make too much of a dent on what the Pelicans were doing. So the Nets lose. We'll see. I mean, that's a real game one, but we could spend some time on the Pelicans where uh, Zion Williamson went out and he scored 25 points, nine rebounds and three assists. So uh, the league is on, on watch for Zion Williamson. So that was Zion Williamson. Let's look at another jazz man last night. Uh, who did win his game, and that would be Boyan Bogdanovich. Interesting. And he looked good last night. He was 8 for 16, had 24 points. He led the team in scoring. 
Um, from the three-point line, he was six of 10 for 60%, um, had some five rebounds and two assists, things that he didn't necessarily do with the Jazz. He usually just scored. So you got to give it to Boyan Bogdanovich. I think Cade Cunningham on the Detroit Pistons made Boyan look good. So they're 1-0, and and that makes me happy for Boyan. When we also look last night, let's go quickly to Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you made mention that they lost, which they did. But Donovan actually had a stellar game. I think he had 31 points. I'm just pulling it up right here. Um, he had 31 points. Their team lost by three. But the loss really was because Darius Garland, the other great guard that they said, well, we'll keep him, but let Sexton go, got poked in the eye and scratched his eye on the inside about a few, about 13, about midway through the second quarter. So Donovan had a heavy load the rest of the game. Again, scored 31 points, nine assists, and two rebounds. 12 of 21 shooting, which is better than Donovan usually shoots. Right. But it was in a loss. Uh, and then I'll just finish up and hear some of your comments about this. The final jazz man that I'm thinking about last night had an amazing game. And that was Rudy Gobert as Minnesota beat up on OKC. And they won that game. Um, one, oh shoot, 115 to 108. Rudy had, I, th- what I heard was the best first game of any Minnesota Timberwolf in history. Yeah. Uh, and he had 23 points, 16 rebounds, two assists. And his comment after the game was, we're going to win a lot of games. So wow. here's the reality. Any team that has Rudy Gobert does really well in the regular season. Yeah. Let's see if the Timberwolves can do it in the postseason, you know, six, seven months from now. But uh, so mixed bag here, Royce O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell lose. Boyan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert win. Gonna miss Gobert for sure. Those are some pretty stellar stats, and he he's a great player. I mean, it was against Oklahoma. I, I obviously Oklahoma have not produced over the last couple of years, but they have some young players that are good. So it's gonna be exciting because we go to play Gobert tomorrow. Correct? We do. We the Jazz are off to Minnesota. They're they're there now, and they'll do shoot around tomorrow morning. And uh, that's a really good team. Minnesota starts Jaden McDaniels, uh, lengthy uh, forward, Carl Anthony Towns, a power forward, Rudy Gobert at center, Anthony Edwards, the number one pick um, at shooting guard, and D'Angelo Russell, point guard. That team last night, McDaniels had 19, Towns had 12. He was only two for 10 shooting. That would happen very often. Rudy with 23, Anthony Edwards with 11. His shooting was off, and D'Angelo Russell with 20. And then they have Kyle Anderson, who's a pretty good winner coming off the bench and and a few others. They're, they're going to be really good. It would be – if we stay up with – if the Jazz play them even tomorrow night at all during the game, right. then we got something special cooking in my mind. That's a good point. I, I do think having the crowd with us the other night helped a lot, and so it'll be interesting to see how we play without the energy on our side. But it'll just be fun to see Gobert, and I, I am a little bit afraid of Minnesota this year. They won't be good. <laughs> but I think it's going to be fun to watch the Jazz. I'm a huge marketing fan. I just think it's – I think our team is just a fun team to be with. Um, I still only see them getting about 25 to 30 wins this year. Um, that's still a pessimist side of me. But after these 
first couple of games in the NBA, was anything surprising to you or did anything happen that you look at now and think, wow, I, that wasn't what we would expect going into this start of the season? I, I do think, you know, it's, you take the you take the season in chunks in 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 blocks of maybe twelve, you know. Um, so this is hard to say. The Sixers, the Sixers have pushed their chips all in. I actually think they have four ex Houston Rockets. So Daryl Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Rockets, who went to the Clippers, has actually put together a Houston. Um, plan B. It's 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 strange. I mean, Harden had like 31 tonight and they still lost. Mm. Uh, and and Embiid's thumb is hurting him. He didn't play well. So when you ask what what surprises me or what am I thinking about? I think the Sixers are 0-2. Really doesn't mean much. But we gotta have a let's keep an eye on that one. I just don't know if the chemistry is there, but we're gonna find out pretty quick. In the West, uh Phoenix had a great comeback against yeah. The Dallas Mavericks, which was a lot of fun to watch. The Lakers and Clippers are tied right now at halftime. The Lakers could go down 0-2 early in the season. Um, Golden State Warriors, man, they're good. Man, they're good. I mean, Steph Curry is good. Could they really do it again? Could Steph Curry get his fifth NBA championship? Um, but everything else is is what I thought with the Jazz just being a big surprise. I'm surprised the league didn't make a bigger issue or a bigger deal out of the Jazz winning. I read all the coverage today. There wasn't anybody that said, oh, my gosh, the Jazz beat the Nuggets. That was a big win. We're talking about the two-time MVP, the reigning MVP, MVP the defending MVP in Jokic, and the Jazz beat him up. There wasn't a lot of talk about it today in the – along the national coverage but if the jazz go into minnesota tomorrow night and win somebody's got to start saying something i agree i think that it was more of a okay jazz like that's that's do it again and then we'll talk type thing yeah totally agree totally agree and i hope they do i mean like you said i i can't see our front office looking for a tanking season and i can't see our players okay with that so it'll be interesting i think um, danny Ainge's bill no one's really saying this either and i don't fully understand all the nuances of the picks but if we really wanted the number one pick and we really wanted web and yama and we finished outside of the lottery by some act of whatever why wouldn't danny Ainge just say hey i have all these picks you have the number one pick san antonio i'll give you five first round picks maybe yeah i mean so why but the tank? What pick is that good? I don't think anybody's going to want to give Webaniano up at all for yeah. it. Anyway. Yeah. Then again, you know how many LeBron James and 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 Michael Michael Jordan was the third pick of the draft. Let's not forget he wasn't the first pick. He was the third yeah, pick. Yeah, Webaniano so. is he's. I think he's the, he's he's the real deal. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of LeBron, I think Paulo Broncaro had. A, the first game of his career it was the first time somebody has put up the stats that he did since LeBron I think he like had 25 points and like some crazy amount of rebounds he played and really so he well last hard. night sorry yeah Boncaro played really well last night yeah um and so I was gonna ask you do you see Boncaro being a potential all-star and with the Orlando Magic picking up 
Ron Caro, is he, will the Magic have a shot at the playoffs? So he had 27 points, nine rebounds, five assists in 35 minutes, and he looked good. He he gave Detroit a run for their money and, and did well. So your question then becomes, do does the Orlando Magic make the playoffs? They would have to be above... I mean, there's a legit shot. There's a legit shot. Um, we're, we're talking about one game spent, so I don't even know how to answer that. Let's readjust after 10 games and see where Orlando is. But um, he's really good. Man, he was really good. He was good in college at Duke, and he's really good yeah. in the NBA. Because the top rookies right now, and the, I'll get to my question in a second, the top rookies right now are Paulo Boncaro, Kagan Murray, and Jabari Smith. So Boncaro on the Magic, Kagan Murray on the I think, is it Keegan Murray or Kagan? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Keegan Murray on the Kings, and then mm -hmm. Jabari Smith on the Rockets. So out of those three teams, with their new additions to them, having the top three rookies right now, do any of those teams have a shot at making the playoffs? So, yes. Uh, did you say Jabari Smith? Is that the Rockets? Yes. I don't see the Rockets making it. So out of those three teams, I do think the Kings and the Magic have a shot. But the, what surprised me about the Kings is they they continue to lose. I, I just a it's just like a it's almost like a curse in, in Sacramento. It's just it's just it doesn't seem like they are for real for some reason. So last night. So where is Keegan Murray? Did he play? We said he's, did he, is he hurt? What's wrong with me here? I don't see him on the Kings roster. Let me do a spin search. I'm sure he's at the Kings, but I, oh, I don't know. He was out. So he's out against the Trailblazers. So maybe he just got hurt recently. So in that game, I don't know. I mean, a starting here's your starting lineup for the Kings. Does this starting lineup make the playoffs? Harrison Barnes. Mm -hmm. I have no idea who Casey Okpala is. DeMontis Sabonis. All right. All-star. Kevin Herter comes over from Atlanta. And De'Aaron Fox. Maybe. I mean, it. it's a borderline play-in team. <laughs> here's the funny thing, though. After watching the Utah Jazz last night, I think the Jazz can beat this team. I'm losing my mind. I know. This, this is going to be a crazy season. If, But it wasn't just, again, I go back to the top of the podcast now as we end up here. It wasn't just one guy for the Jazz. It was all freaking 10 of them. They all had their moments. Taylor Horton Tucker had his moments. Malik Beasley hit a big three down the stretch. Walker Kessler having a double double. I mean, uh, Rudy Rudy Gay hitting big shots. Defense from you know Vanderbilt. It it was fun to watch a team play. I don't know if I really believe Danny Ainge when he said the the, the reason why they kind of dismantled the team is because they didn't play like they didn't trust each other or they didn't I don't know what his his exact words were. But now maybe he's right because this team last night was a team.
Yeah, I think they, when they were all playing, they kind of all looked at each other, and each one was having a really good game. And they're like, "Well, this is this is fun to be a part of. Let's all work hard right now." So, and I was gonna ask you before we end, do you see? Because I know I've been raving about Markkinen, but do you see Markkinen being an All Star? Maybe this season, but probably not. But do you see him in the next three to four years being an All Star? So here's a kind of sentimental answer to that, if that's the right word. The NBA. All-Star game is in Utah this year. Does a Markkinen or a Sexton, if they have a good first part of the season, get voted in as an All-Star somehow because it's in Utah? That's my answer to your question. Sexton actually, I think, had a better game than Markkinen last night. But if Markkinen consistently scores 20-plus points, I think he has a shot at being an All-Star because the All-Star game's in Salt Lake City. That's true. Well, he's uh, I'm, he's probably one of my favorite players in the league right now. And I, I think it's going to be interesting tomorrow watching us play if we continue our momentum or whatever you want to call it, our, our streak of good luck. But um, I I think when we reconvene here in 10, 10 games, we'll have a better idea of where the season's going. Yep, yep. Well, this is a lot of fun, Spence. Just a big win. I'm glad our brother Sam and – his wife, Noel, went to the game last night. They said it was incredible, almost like they'd won the NBA Finals. I think we all felt that way because we're like, holy crap, we just beat up on the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, and it, and it was just a lot of fun. So I'm really excited to see what happens in 24 hours in Minnesota. Same. All right, Dad. Well, thank you for chatting. All right, Spence. Thank you. Love you. Bye.